0: And good morning, bird fans, and welcome to Birds 365. I think the title is pretty self explanatory. We'll be here every Monday through Friday talking about the Philadelphia Eagles each and every single day. And we are your affable hosts. We'll be chopping it up for you going forward for who knows how long about the future of the Philadelphia Eagles. It is the new Mac and Mac guys. My name is McDonald. My partner is. John
1: McMullen. Jay Mac, how are you today? Doing well, Jody. Thrilled to be here. Obviously, uh, uh, I got to live up to a lot. Mack and Mac is pretty famous in this town. Hopefully, uh, this one is as successful as the last one. But you start with the Philadelphia Eagles. You know you've been in Philadelphia radio for how long? And what do they say? Let's get it back to the Eagles, but also some NFL. We're going to talk about the league as a whole as well.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Some sequels are pretty damn good, as a matter of fact. So we're going to roll another Mac and Mac your way. Uh, John, I talked to you often enough, but I haven't talked to you on the air since the Eagles made the big deal. Uh, Moving down from number six to number 12. I have talked about it on some of my shows already. And I just love the fact that Eagle fans, God bless them, want to have definitive answers immediately. The minute something happens, you got to know exactly how it's going to play itself out. And, you know, you can't. This is going to take years to figure out. But you can have first impressions. I've got mine. I haven't gotten yours. What was your first impression when you found out the Eagles were dropping down from 6 to 12, doing a deal with the Miami Dolphins, like it, dislike it, love it, hate it? What was the first thing that came to mind for you?
1: Well, my first impression was, why now? Why so early? Why not take it up to the draft and see how things unfold? But then as I took a step back, to me it said, okay, we're not taking a quarterback. And we do not value the receiver position. If you think about somebody like Jamar Chase, we do not value a tight end at number six overall. And if we fall back, it kind of gives us the freedom to, to Let's be honest Build our foundation If you go back to the I always say Jody The modern Philadelphia Eagles Starts in 1999 with Andy Reid And Andy said that famous thing In his interview that Joe Banner has confirmed And what Andy said was Give me a quarterback Two pass rushers Two tackles Two cornerbacks <laughs> And I'll figure out the rest And if you look at it since that day Jody Anytime the Eagles have picked in the top half of the draft, so from 16 forward, it's been quarterback, offensive line, or defensive line.
0: That's it. Okay, a couple of things. Number one, uh, I'm with you. Uh, This would be the type of thing that, best case scenario, you'd want to hold till draft day. You wait and yes. see who the first five picks off are off the board. And if someone fell to you that you didn't think was going to be there, well, then you just snap them up and you say, yeah, I'll pass on the trade. Problem is, chances are the Dolphins, who got to number 12 by trading number three with the 49ers, might not have made that deal if they didn't know they could move back up to six. So they were predicating their first deal on their second deal. Either we're going to do both or we're going to do none. So they probably told the Eagles, listen, if you want to do this, if we can work it out, you got to do it now because we're going to make this deal. We're not going to do it on a, on a possibility of you trading with us. Otherwise we don't want to move all the way back to 12. So I'm not going to hold that against Howie Roseman that he should have shown more patience and waited it was probably something. It was a yay or nay. You either needed to make the call now or pass and decide to stay at number six. Your point about the Eagles draft history, the recent draft history since 1999 and the positions that they put more value on, uh, the facts of the facts and history tells you what it tells you, and uh, you're exactly right, and they've stuck to their guns. In that way, uh, this trade probably does designate the fact that they're not going to take a quarterback don't believe the quarterback if they even wanted one was going to be available at number six so they're going in a different direction if not quarterback if not wide receiver that does take you into the trenches i don't know that there's going to be an offensive lineman it's going to be worth taking at number 12 if the two top offensive linemen are off the board i can tell you right now i don't think there's a d lineman that's uh, gonna be worthy of being taken at twelve. How do you mesh what the Eagles' usual philosophy
1: is in the first half of the draft with the value that is in this draft group this year? Yeah, well, and that's the problem. They do have a political problem because let's be honest, the fans are I, I'm gonna use this term, indoctrinated to believe Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts, who's a Philly kid from Archbishop Wood, are can't miss. Now We all know they're not can't miss. We've seen guys hit and we've seen guys fail over the years, Jody. But nonetheless, you're going to go to draft day, April 29th, and there's a pretty good chance that you're going to see quarterbacks go one through four for the first time ever in NFL history. So by that nature, you're going to have at number six, either Chase or Pitts is going to be available, maybe both of them. So – You think about how Eagles fans are going to take that. It's not going to be good. Then you fall back to 12, and you start talking about, does Rashawn Slater fall? Maybe. Elijah Barrett Tucker from USC. Now, to me, that kid is as safe as a pick as there's going to be in this draft. I've compared him to Zach Martin. Would you like Zach Martin? Because he's, I think, a six-time first uh, all-pro with the Dallas Cowboys. And if you think about him coming into this league, He played left tackle at Notre Dame, but they said he can play anywhere. He can play left guard. He can play right guard. He can play right tackle. Everywhere but center, he ends up at right guard with the Cowboys and, as I said, turns into a a multi-time All-Pro. Barrett Tucker, I'm not going to say he's not going to be that good because that's unfair, but they're saying some similar things. He played left tackle, but he can play anywhere from center. So when you're talking about safety and you're talking about picks – a kid like that, he's going to be a foundational piece if the Eagles go in that direction. And they're old on the offensive line. They have to transition. They have to get younger. And they have to start thinking about life after Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, and, and Lane Johnson.
0: You have a little high, more highly rated than I do, but that's okay. Uh, Let's revisit the QB thing for a second, because you and I both agree that when they traded down from six to 12, it pretty much signified that they're not taking a quarterback. We also agree that uh, five quarterbacks are going to go before the Eagles pick comes up at number 12. So they'd be at best getting the sixth best quarterback if they didn't pick. And they're not doing that. It is in jail and they trust for this upcoming year. I'm a fan. I like the kid. I was one of very few who actually said that I liked when they took him in the second round last year. Most people said, you don't do that after you give Carson Wentz $100
1: million. And I'm one of those people, by the way. I know
0: you are. And you kind of talked me into the fact that it is uh, part of Carson's failure this year was in his head that he allowed the fact that they used the second round pick on another quarterback to eat away at him. Shame on Carson Wentz more so than shame on the Eagles as far as I'm concerned, but they're going to give Jalen Wentz a chance, and I'm okay with that. I think he's got a chance to be an above-average NFL starting quarterback. Here's my only issue, John, and I. it's basically, uh, I'm going to get your opinion on how you rank this group of five quarterbacks that are going to go in the first round this year. Uh, if you believed it, you got no chance of Trevor Lawrence, which I don't think you do. No, yeah. uh, he's coming off the board number one. All the others could potentially get down to six. I've seen mock drafts where people think that uh, the Jets are going to go uh, given with the BYU kid and number two, that Wilson's off the board. It's a done deal. I have others that say, no, they could actually take Fields. Number three, San Francisco moves up to get that pick. Are they going to take Fields? Are they going to take Mac Jones? There's a little questioning as to the order of the quarterbacks after uh, Lawrence comes off the board. At number one, the one guy who I will lament if the Eagles had the possibility to take him at six, if he slips and drops down and he's there and the Eagles are sitting there at 12 and watching his name go by the boards at six or later is Justin Fields. I'm a big fan of his. He had his pro day I, yesterday. I know you
1: are, yeah. I know he's got tremendous athletic ability. He ran a 4-4, four, four, I think, at his pro day. Obviously, everybody saw that throw he made across his body, down the field. Uh, um, from a skill set standpoint, he's off the charts. I don't think there's any question about it. And I think, you know, he, he talked, at you know, uh, after his pro day, and he was saying about the processing skills – that's been one of the criticisms. And he said what I told you on a different platform. He's like, if my first option isn't open, if my first option is open, I'm throwing them the football. Right. I mean, that's, you don't want to prove to draft Twitter, oh, I can get to my fourth option. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm going to ignore somebody who's open. So I think all those criticisms are unfair. But from everything I get, Jody, it was Zach Wilson for the Eagles. If, if there was a potential that Zach Wilson could be there at six, I think the Eagles would still be in there at six. There was a firewall put up by the San Francisco 49ers with the first part of that two, two prong trade with the dolphins. He's not getting past three and let's be honest. He's not getting past your club, the New York Jets at number two, but there's a possibility. I, I doubt it. But now that bar walls up and the Eagles said, we can't get them. So let's get out. Which is okay with me. You add a first round draft pick
0: for the future. Draft assets are always a good thing. This team needs to be rebuilt. I, I, the one scenario and narrative that I'm not necessarily buying into is, well, if Jalen Hurts plays this year and you come to the acknowledgement, Uh Uh-oh, he's not our franchise quarterback. We still need to get our franchise quarterback. I got no idea if there's a franchise quarterback in next year's draft. There will be.
1: There will Uh, be. uh. You know, people are saying right now, and I hear what you're saying, Jody, but this year, last year at this time, nobody would have said Zach Wilson was going to be the number two overall pick in the draft. You know, you think about Spencer Rattler in Oklahoma. There's a kid out in USC. Somebody's going to develop and be a top five pick. So I don't necessarily have a problem with that part of it. I I do think what Howie was doing, though, is sort of, and I've used this description before, you have to be a politician with Jeffrey Lurie. And Jeffrey Lurie has told his personnel people build around Jalen Hurts. So what Howie Roseman has done and said, okay, we'll build around Jalen Hurts and we'll give him an opportunity. We'll give him, 17 games now to prove he's the guy. But if he's not, you have three potential first-round picks next year to do whatever you want to do. And that's optionality, whether you want to give it to Daryl Morey, his term, the Sixers GM. That's what Howie Roseman did in lieu of Jeffrey Lurie's sort of decree. He gave the Eagles some optionality. If Jalen Hurts doesn't work out, there's insurance, there's a safety net. They can do whatever they want to do. They could trade up in the draft. If Russell Wilson is unhappy, they can go after Russell Wilson. If Deshaun Watson, if he's passed all these uh, lucid, lurid allegations, they could go after him. They could do anything with those three first-round picks. All right. Just let me
0: remind you that it was only seven years ago – that there were three first-round picks taken in the first round in the 2014 draft. Uh, Johnny Manziel, Teddy Bridgewater, and Blake Bortles. So there's not a given that there's a franchise quarterback who comes out in the NFL draft every single year. There's usually one. Sometimes there's two or three. We're thinking maybe there are five in this year's draft. But if you want T. Don Slovis to be the Eagles quarterback of the future going forward because they got to trade up to get him next year, okay, fine. I'm not ready to get excited by that.
1: Well, you're misunderstanding what I'm saying, Jody. I'm saying the NFL will push somebody up the board. I'm not saying they're going to be good. I don't know if Zach Wilson is going to be good. I don't know if Mac Jones is going to be good. I think Lawrence is going to be real good, and I think Justin Fields is going to be real good. Trey Lance, I mean, that's boom or bust. I, I can see him being a star. So there's always that. But what I'm saying is this time next year, we're going to be talking about this draft coming up, and we're going to be talking about quarterbacks in the top five. That's just the way the NFL is now. People are going to get pushed up the board, whether it's Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, whether it's Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston, people are going to get pushed up the board. Being pushed up the board is nice. Actually, being a franchise quarterback well, that, is kind of a necessity. The hard part. That's and my, the hard part.
0: Yeah, and my point is I'm not as high on next year's group. I know we're a year away, and things change. Your point about Wilson is tremendous. No one considered him a first-round pick, let alone a top-two pick in the draft before this year started. So that could happen. Or we yeah. could have another 2014 draft where no quarterbacks deserve to be in the first round. Uh, we'll continue this conversation for the next several weeks leading up to the draft. That's for damn sure. All right, let's hit a couple of NFL topics uh, here. It was announced yesterday that the NFL is officially going to 17 games. It is something that had already been negotiated between the owners and the players. Uh, they would signed off on it. It ticks the... Overall percentage of the cap that goes to the players up 1% in the players' favor. They're going to have to play a 17th regular season game. One less preseason game, they're cutting that down to three. Yes, it's more work. Yes, it's more chance for injury. But yes, it's a larger television contract going forward. It's certainly a win for the owners because they're putting more money in the pockets. How about the players? Did they sell their soul for a couple extra checkles here and put themselves at further risk by agreeing to an extra regular season game?
1: Well, yes. I mean, the short answer to that is yes. But you brought up that media kicker. So that is now in play, and the players get more money as well. They get 48% of the gross revenue, and, and that's what happens when they sign those new TV deals, and that was baked into the new CBA. So the players are getting more money. Um, You're still playing 20 games. I got to kick out Roger Goodell saying, we're following the science. And, you know, more people get injured in preseason than regular season. So 17 regular season games and only three preseason games, that is the science, Jody. Which all I can say is, I think all laymen should be prevented and barred from ever from saying following the science with anything, anything.
0: Good luck with the science, Roger Goodell. Well, I'm I'm sure that he's following the science. When he also said yesterday, they expect full stadiums for this upcoming year. Uh, We are where we are in the attempt to beat the COVID curve back down. And we are certainly trending in the right direction, but uh, we haven't exactly eliminated it yet. And when you talk about full stadiums, you're basically professing that yes, we'll have this thing in our rearview mirror by the time yeah. we kick off the first game of the regular season. I like optimism. I think I'm an optimistic kind of guy, generally speaking. But is Roger Goodell putting the uh, COVID
1: horse before the cart here? Well, I don't have a problem with the optimism. I I hear what you're saying. What else do you want him to be? I don't want him to be pessimistic. I I think at this stage. It's fine to say, we want full stadiums. We plan on having full stadiums. Remember last season, the NFL was saying that kind of stuff right up until they weren't. And it's really not their decision. So it comes down to the local governments. And obviously, as we know how politically divided this country is in Florida, If they want it, they could have full stadiums today. They've opened up. The UFC is going to have a card down there. Later in April, they sold out the building in four minutes. It's going to be the first full building since the pandemic began. So everything's a full go right now in Florida. If they want to do it, Texas is going to be the same way. Question is, what about California? And that's where the Super Bowl is. So it all depends on where you are. It built out, obviously, being more of a a, a blue city. uh, They're going to have issues, perhaps, uh, potentially. So it's not really up to the NFL. But they want bowl stadiums, no question about that.
0: Uh, again, I'm an optimistic kind of guy, and that was a little optimistic. I will uh, give Roger Goodell the benefit of the doubt for now, but the curve could move up or down, and we'll certainly give him credit for being ahead of the game or say, Roger, you stepped out way too early over the upcoming months as we get that much closer to the season. Right, one last thing for you, Johnny Mac. we'll get our first break in. 17th game NFL, despite what the science says, (laughs) I think the risk of injury does increase. And uh, you've got to plan plan differently for the upcoming season. Will we see load management in the national football league? It's a term that was used in the national basketball association. Nobody plays 82 games anymore. Nights off less minutes and the like. I know it's only an increase of one game and whatever that percentage is from 16 to 17, so be it. Do you think the NFL, do you think the coaches will actually go to steps that we can actually track to make sure that their star players, their best players, most important players don't get hurt? Will there be quote unquote load management in the NFL this year?
1: Boy, I don't think so. I hope not. But, you know, I remember when they were negotiating this and the Players Association was saying, no way we're going to increase from 16 games. I remember D. Smith, behind the scenes, though, they were saying, okay, if it's going to be 18 games, maybe we can limit individual players to 16. So you would have to do it as a strategy and say, I only, I can only play Jalen Hurts for 16 games, so I'm going to have to sit him for two games. You know, how do you do that? Is it going to be week one? Is it going to be week 7, 18 when you already know you're in the playoffs or out of the playoffs? Now, all of that is off the table, but I did think it was an interesting way of looking at it. I don't don't know if load management works in football. The sample size is too small. You know, you're talking about the NBA with 82 games, baseball with 162, uh, whatever hockey is these days. Um, I think it's different. and I don't I don't think football leads itself to load management. However, guys are going to get hurt naturally. and they're gonna be missing games. So in a lot of ways, that might take care of itself, unfortunately.
0: Well, no, and we'll be here to uh, talk about it when it happens to the birds. We appreciate you hopping aboard here on our maiden voyage. As I said, Birds 365 is coming your way, whether you're watching us on YouTube, the phillyvoice.com stream, however you may be getting the show. We're glad you're aboard. We're looking forward to doing it with you for the upcoming weeks all the way into the season and seeing where the eagle season goes. Can it be as bad as 4-11-1 again. We'll certainly help you get there. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. You see our Twitter handles. If you want to tweet us, we may respond to your tweets during the show depending on where, again, you're taking in the content. Uh, If you want to comment on the stream as well, we get good comments. We will certainly respond to them. We want the show to be interactive. We want to let you guys, Eagle fans and or Eagle detractors, get involved. So feel free to do so with the comment section and or on Twitter at either of our uh, Twitter addresses. Or we do have a Twitter handle for the show, at Birds365Show. So uh, put that one in your Twitter, fellows, as well at Bird's three sixty five show. He's Johnny Mac. I'm Jody Mac. It's the Mac and Mac guys, John McMahon, Jody McDonald. Here on Bird's three sixty five. Football in Philadelphia is a lifestyle, a passion from birth, and a personal responsibility to know the game, boo when necessary, and think about. Every second Of every minute Of every hour Of every day Birds 365 was created for you Jody Mack The legendary sports talker Joins forces with NFL insider John McMullen Birds 365 Start your morning with Johnny Mack And Jody Mack across the Jacob Media Network Watch it live on YouTube